three, and uh, I will say, <clears throat> look back there, and I saw uh, Brother Josh. You did make it in this morning, so so good to see you and your your wife here with us today. This gentleman that got saved on Thursday night of the meeting, Amen. And so, isn't that a blessing? He's here with us today in the house of God. And so we're so thankful to have you here today. And I want to look for just a few moments this morning uh, in the, the book of 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. And I know this morning that this is a familiar text, but it's just what the Lord put on my heart. And so you pray with us and for us uh, just for the next few moments. What do you preach the Sunday after Jubilee? I mean, everything's been preached on and uh, we've heard everything. And so I just have a simple thought this morning, uh, message, but I think it would be something that will be a help and encouragement to us this morning. If you're able to stand with us, First John chapter number 3 and verse number 1. First John 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Heavenly Father, I do pray this morning, God, that you would help us and bless us. I pray this morning that you would fill us with thy spirit. Lord, help us not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way, but may you be glorified. May your son be magnified, and may the church be edified. Thank you for every testimony that's been given, and thank you for your people. And Lord, I do pray that if there's someone here this morning under the sound of our voice that's not saved, I pray the Spirit of God would speak to them right now. May they fall under deep Holy Ghost conviction and be saying in this service and we'll give you the glory and the honor for everything that will be said and done for we do love you and we ask in Jesus name we do pray amen amen you can be seated this morning I want to preach this morning on this subject on Christ the returning one Christ the returning one notice with me in verse number one the Bible says behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not notice three things just by way of introduction that John emphasizes in verse number one. First of all he emphasizes the compassion of the father as he says behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us when you think about God this morning we could think about the wrath of God and we could think about the judgment of God and certainly all of that is true this morning but I'm thankful that God is a God of love and he's a God of mercy and he's a God of grace the Bible said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 15 and verse number 13 says greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I'm glad the message to the world is that God cares. Amen. That God loves. And he said behold what manner of love. When you think about the love of God it knows no boundaries. It knows no limitations. I, I do not believe nor does the Bible teach that God uh, just chose a few or a certain elect. Uh, but it is a who 
whosoever will gospel. Amen. And as our sister testified this morning, uh, that if she would have been the only one, uh, Jesus would have still come. He still would have died. Uh, Romans 5 and verse number 6 said, Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth or displayed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. You say, how do you know God loves you? Because he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And I see the compassion of the Father. And then I see the calling of the sons. As he said that we should be called the sons of God. Amen. I'm glad this morning I can raise my head and say I'm a child of the King. Amen. You say, well, I'm not this morning. If you're not, Ephesians 2 said, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. You're a child of wrath. But you don't have to stay that way. Amen. The Father loved you enough that He gave His Son and He's willing to adopt you. He's willing to take you in the family. You can be born again. You see, if you're here this morning and you're lost and you want to be saved, you can be saved. Amen. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can become the Son of God or a daughter of God this morning if you're willing to come and accept Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there's the compassion of the Father. And then there's the calling of the sons. But notice the confusion of the world. He said, Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Now the world once knew us, is that right? Because we were in that we're in this world, and when we were lost, we were of this world. Amen. As Ephesians two stated, we were without hope and we were without God. Amen. But after you and I get saved, thank God, there's a resurrection that takes place, and the world sees us, but they don't see us as they used to see us. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, you don't fit in in this world if you've been saved by the grace of God, and because this world is not your home and the devil's not your father and this world is not your family Uh, but thank God when you get saved uh, the world scratches their head and they look at us and they say why in the world would you want to go spend every day and go to church all day long and sing and hear sermon after sermon Uh, uh, they don't understand that and after we get saved we look at the world and we don't understand why they want to do drugs and drink uh, and why they want to live the life that they're living. I'm telling you, we're worlds apart. After we get saved, we may be living in this same world, but we're headed to another world. And the confusion is they don't understand, but if they can feel what we have, if they can, if it could get a hold of them, if they could have what we got just one second or one minute, they would never want to go back to that world again. They would want what we got. Hallelujah. You know, it's a funny thing. I never met anybody that said they're sorry they got saved. But I met a whole lot of people that said, man, if I knew it was this good, I'd have got saved a whole lot sooner. Amen. Uh, the confusion of this world. Uh, Christ, uh, uh, the returning one. When we get to verse number two, it's about Jesus coming back to this earth. Uh, and I want to give you four things and we'll be through this morning uh, concerning Christ, uh, the returning one. I want you to see in verse number two uh, that there's a hidden mystery. Amen. He said, beloved, now are we 
bring the sons of God. Amen. And when you think about that and you think about that relationship this morning, that's a hidden mystery. Amen. It doesn't make sense to this world. And the world might even say to you and I this morning, explain how that you can be a child of the devil one second and you can be a child of God the next second. Well, I can give you the plan of salvation. I can tell you what Jesus did for me. But to this world, it is a mystery. My friend, you have to accept it by faith and you have to experience it personally in order for it to be real. Can't explain everything about why God would love somebody like me or love somebody like you this morning. It's a hidden mystery. But in that hidden mystery, I want you to see the tenderness of our relationship. He called us beloved. Amen. Isn't it good to be uh, the beloved of God this morning? What that means, that's a term of endearment. It means that we're dear to His heart. Uh, uh, There's no greater thing uh, than to be called brother or to be called sister. Amen. And while I'm on that subject, don't call other people that are saved don't call them by their first name without putting brother or sister can I get a witness right there you know what that casualness bothers me and it ought to bother you Uh, listen uh, there's nothing wrong with a man earning a doctor's degree Uh, but I don't want to go around calling somebody doctor can I get an amen right there unless I'm going to the hospital to visit one Uh, uh, but I'm telling you there ain't nothing better uh, than than being called brother or being called sister amen that means you're in the family of God Uh, that means you're the beloved of God Uh, uh, we see the tenderness of our relationship we notice the timing of our relationship look what he said he said beloved now Are we the sons of God? I'm not going to be. It's not one day in the future. But the moment you got saved, you become a son of God. You become a child of God. That assurance on the inside, isn't that a mystery? Uh, Because we still look the same. I know uh, God cleans the outside up, uh, but He don't change. He don't eradicate this flesh. Uh, uh, There's no transformation uh, that happens to this flesh uh, at the moment of salvation. If you got a tattoo before you got saved, you got a tattoo after you got saved. If you got you, if you're a man, you got your ear pierced uh, before you got saved you still got a hole in your ear after you get saved Uh, God doesn't eradicate this flesh Uh, but I'll tell you what he does do he writes your name uh, in the Lamb's book of life Uh, he records your name in heaven Uh, and though we may not look like much to this world uh, uh, thank God there's a change uh, on the inside uh, uh, that takes place Uh, uh, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 therefore if any man be in Christ not he's going to be. It says he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold all things are become new. I think about this hidden mystery. I think about the tenderness of it. I think about the timing of our relationship and then look at the title of our relationship. He said now are we the sons of God. I'm telling you this morning we ought to praise his name that we are a son in the family. I'm telling you, it's good to belong to the church. It's good to be called a brother. But there's no higher title that could ever be given to you and I 
than to be called a son of God. You say, but I'm a woman. Uh, Listen, that term this morning uh, represents mankind. It represents all of humanity that gets born in the family of God. We become uh, the son of God, uh, the sons of God. Not the son, but the sons of God. And this morning, I think about the title of our relationship. What a mystery uh, that we could go from one side to the other, that we could go from nothing into everything, that we could go from being lost to being saved, uh, to we could go from being dead to being made alive again, that we could go from being an alien uh, to being a son, amen, that we could go from being poor uh, to being rich, uh, that we could go, my friend, uh, uh, from being uh, uh, nothing uh, but to being his. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, isn't it good uh, uh, to have the title that you're a son of God? Hallelujah. You know why God answers our prayers? Not because of anything we've done, but because of His Son and because we are the sons of God this morning. Amen. I'm telling you today, it's a hidden mystery and the treasure of our relationship uh, this morning is that I am His and His mine. I see the hidden mystery. But then I want you to see a holy moment here. Uh, Look what happens in verse number 2. He said, And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, uh, for we shall see Him as He is. Uh, Uh, Think about this holy moment in this verse. Uh, uh, Christ is soon coming. He's going to return. Amen. Uh, Brother Jack quoted that scripture in Hebrews this morning when the Bible said for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Amen. Uh, Sometimes people will say and I understand uh, they'll say if the Lord tarries is coming. I know they're meaning that they don't know the day nor the hour but the truth of the text is uh, he's not going to Terry. Amen. Uh, you see the Father knows the exact moment uh, when He's going to come. And we're getting closer to the coming, the returning of Jesus Christ. Uh, and when that moment of time comes, uh, uh, Jesus is not going to hesitate. He's not going to wait. Oh, hear me sinner, if you're lost without God, you need to get saved this morning for the next moment could be the moment. It could be that holy moment when Christ comes. Uh, and if you're not saved, uh, you You'll be left behind this morning. You're sitting here and you say, I'm lost. Well, I might come tonight, preacher, and get saved. What are you going to do if Jesus comes before the service tonight? Well, I'll give it some thought when I go home. What are you going to do if you walk outside and the sky rolls back like a scroll? And all of a sudden, everybody in this building that's saying, we're taken out, we're left behind, or you're left behind. What are you going to do then? Be too late. I think we need to be reminded that just they sung one, one of those songs they sung in the Jubilee and we sing it around here sometimes just any day now. Our Lord is coming. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus come today? I'm telling you, I've got family and friends I want to see get saved. But outside of that, this world holds nothing for me today. I want to go be with the Lord. A holy moment. The assurance of this moment. The Bible said, but we know. I'm glad we know this this morning. I'm not thinking. I'm not hoping. I'm not wishing. I'm not uh, uh, considering it this morning. It's an assurance this morning. Uh, Jesus is coming. Uh, The Bible says he is coming. Uh, Jesus himself said he's coming. You quoted that passage this morning. Uh, In my father's house are many mansions. 
conscience and Jesus and I've got there. I don't know why liberals don't read the, read the rest of that verse there because Jesus said if it were not so I would have told you. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you what I believe about that little word room and mansions. I'm going to take the words of Christ over the words of some doctor. Amen. Someone I don't care if they got enough degrees to burn, to burn up a thermometer. I'm just going to take the words of Christ. He said my friend if it were not so I would have told you. And the next verse he said and I go to prepare a place for you and if I go I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also it's a holy moment the assurance of that moment the appearance of that moment the Bible said uh, uh, he shall appear and we shall be like him what a blessing that is I want to say this morning Jesus is coming again the appearance of His coming. Paul said in Titus 2 and verse 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm looking for Him to come, aren't you? I'm looking for Christ to return. And we see here, my friend, the hidden mystery. And we see a holy moment. Christ, the returning one. But thank God we see a happy meeting. Amen. The Bible says in verse number 2, And we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to see Jesus coming in the moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. 1 Corinthians 15 says, And the Bible said, This mortal shall put on immortality. So when this mortal shall have put on immortality, and this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Thank God it's going to be a victorious uh, a time when he comes. Uh, it'll be a visible time when he comes. Uh, it's going to be a vital time uh, because the corruptible is going to put on incorruption. Amen. He said the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey uh, next Sunday we'll celebrate Resurrection Sunday uh, but before Easter gets here uh, we could all be on resurrection ground uh, Jesus at the rapture uh, the Bible said the dead in Christ uh, shall rise first amen and we which are alive uh, at the coming the Bible said we're going to be changed hallelujah won't that be wonderful a happy meeting no sad faces in the rapture no long faces Sometimes people say, why do preachers get mean when they're preaching? Well, sometimes they get tired of looking at some of the faces they have to look at. I mean, it don't cost nothing to smile. And some people, I think they enjoy frowning more than they enjoy smiling. And you know, that's why a sermon can start out, and it's not going to happen, I don't think, this morning. That's why a sermon can start out real sweet and get real mean. I mean, you're just looking at mean faces so it brings a meanness out in you. I mean, you say, well, you're talking about me. I don't know if I'm talking about you. You need to pull a mirror out and look at yourself. Amen. I mean, but I'm just simply saying this morning, I think the happiest people on earth ought to be God's people. Amen. And sure, we ought to be happy on Monday and we ought to be happy on Tuesday, but we ought to really be happy on Sunday. Isn't that right? And we ought to be happy on Wednesday night. I mean, you ought to practice smile. 
smiling. I mean, I don't care if you do it through the week, you ought to, but at least to get up on Sunday morning and when you're brushing your teeth, practice smiling. Amen? Practice and being happy. Amen? You say, but I'm not happy. Well, fake it till you make it. Amen? It'll help the rest of us. It ain't the first time you've been a hypocrite and probably won't be the last, but just go ahead and be happy. Amen? I'm telling you, isn't it good to be happy this morning? Aren't you glad you're alive? Don't you thank God you live in America? Don't you thank God you got your health and your strength? Don't you thank God you got your family? Aren't you thankful you got Jesus in your heart? I'm glad I'm in an old-fashioned church. Don't you thank God for His people and for His presence and for His spirit and for His love and for His kindness and for His mercy? I mean, just think yourself happy. Hallelujah. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think about all day, that's how you're going to be. Some people get up a, a grizzly bear and they go to bed a lion. They're mad from the time they get out of the bed till they go to sleep. I'm not talking about lost people. I can understand that. But saved people. You know the rapture is going to fix all that. There's going to be some people, they got to get a glorified body so they can smile. And they're going to be working as hard as they can in the rapture in heaven. And they're going to figure out, hey, my, my face won't frown no more. Be good. We ought to be The joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm going to tell you, I may lose my health. I may lose my mind. But God help me, I never want to lose my joy. Amen. Be a happy meeting. Won't that be wonderful when we shout the hillsides of glory? Then finally, there's a hopeful message. Look at verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Notice the scope of this message. And every man, every man. How, this, what does the rapture do for every saint, every child of God? Every man. You know what it does? It gives them hope. See, if you're saved, you have hope. If you're lost, you have no hope this morning. The difference you'll know this morning. Your outlook on life. Oh, the world's got worse. We could talk about politics. We could talk about organized religion. We could talk about the economy. You know what that would do this morning? It would depress every one of us. We don't have to talk about that. You know why? Because we have a hope that's beyond this world. The scope of this message, the security of it, and every man that hath this hope in him. I want you to see this morning that that hope this morning, it's not some. you know, we use it so lightly. If somebody says, well, are you going to, are you going to the grocery store tomorrow? Uh, somebody might say, well, I hope so. Uh, that just means maybe I, it's kind of like the Russians, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, you know. It means uh, it just you just really don't know. But whenever they use the word hope in the Bible, uh, that meant assurance. That meant a promise. That meant security. That meant beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I want to tell you this morning, we have a hope that's beyond this world. We have a hope that's beyond this grave. Thank God we have a hope. It's a hopeful message this morning. I'm more assured that Jesus is coming in 2023 than I have in all 30-something years I've been saved. And I'm looking for Him to come this morning. What day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see it's going to be a glorious day it's going to be a wonderful day it's going to be a happy day hallelujah when Jesus comes again amen 
Y'all still with me this morning? All right. The security of this hope. Then notice the sanctification of this hope this morning. And every man that hath this hope in him, notice this, purifieth himself even as he is pure. Now I read where one commentator, and I'm not arguing the fact, I just disagree with it. So I reckon that is arguing, ain't it? But he said that, but he also didn't have the right Bible, Brother Laddie. So now I just thought about that. That's his problem. He corrected that verse, and in the correction of that, I always make a note beside that when I read it in case somebody ever reads it behind me. But in correcting that verse, he said, Now this isn't, uh, this does not put the responsibility on man. This is positional sanctification, but it's, it's both. Look at the verse. And every man that hath this hope in him, notice this, purifieth himself. That's progressive. And then here's the positional, even as he is pure. You see, if you're saved this morning, you've been washed in the blood. Thank God in the eyes of God, he can't look upon sin. You've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You're pure. Can I get an amen right there? But then there's progressive sanctification. Because we have this hope and because we have this security, because we know that Jesus could come today and we are pure, God worked it in, but we work it out. There's a responsibility. You see, if the, if the coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture I'm talking about this morning, the rapture of the church, if it should do anything for us as believers this morning, you know what it ought to do? It ought to cause us to live right. We ought, somebody preached about it. I don't remember who this week. But the, just the consciousness of us this morning. Whoever's going to play for me, come play. Uh, just the consciousness of us knowing that before the sun sets today, Jesus might come. You know what that ought to do? It ought to change the way we worship. It ought to change the way we witness. It ought to change the way we walk. Hey, I guarantee you, that there's some people sitting in church this morning in some churches, and I pray not here, that if they really got a hold of the fact Jesus may come, and if they knew that Jesus was coming tonight, they probably wouldn't go do some of the things they're planning on going to do this afternoon. I'm talking about saved people. Their, their schedule would change if they knew Jesus is coming. This morning, that's the hope we have. Christ is returning as we stand. If you're here this morning, I have really one proposition. And if you're saved and you feel like you need to come to the altar, then by all means do that. But I really just have one burden on my heart this morning. Our heads are about eyes are closed and Christians are praying. My burden this morning is if you're here and you're not saved. If you're not ready for Jesus to come, friend, would you come this morning? I want to tell you you're amongst friends. You say, well, Brother Gravely, I would go down there to the altar, but I'm afraid of what, what everybody might say or what they might think. I'm going to tell you something. If you came this morning and got saved, everybody in this building that's saved and right with God will rejoice with you. We'll be happy that you came. We, we want you to be saved. But more importantly, the Lord wants you to be saved. And you can be saved this morning if you'll come. you got to come this morning. If you're lost and you don't know Christ... Would you step out of that seat you're in? Would you come to this altar and say, I want to be saved. I want to be saved today. I don't want to go to hell. 
I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to die without Jesus Christ. I want to get born again. It'd be very simple. You say, would He save me if you'll come? Because the Bible says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Hold thee that he that is thirsty, let him come. If you'll come, God will save you. That's all you got to do is come and believe this morning. And I wonder, Brother Sam's going to lead us in a verse of this song. And if you're lost, would you come this morning?